BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine, the show that teaches you how to survive the things that could kill you. Like bomb cyclones, snake bites. Mm. How about going on strike? Oh, yeah. Or the things that just make you wish you were dead. Embarrassing your kids much, (laughs) Danielle? Yes. Slippy boots. Yep. How about getting sloppy drunk? Done, done, done. Check, check, check. I'm going to do all that in one day. I'm going to do all that to the tune of our song. Let's play it. Let's do it. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. I'm Danielle. <laughs> Hi. What? What I happened? Did you forget your name? I, oh, I, shit. Was I'm, your resolution to forget your name? I am forgetting a lot of things. What happened? I don't know. I just felt happy to be here. Oh, that's so sweet. <gasps> Delighted. Well, tell them who you are. I'm Christine. Hey, everybody. In case you're a new listener. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. Let's get rid of that last year. Let's yeah, embrace. Let's, tw- I'm excited about 2023. Yeah, it's going to be great. I sure hope so. Let's do it. Did you have a nice break? We took last week off. Yes. What did you do? Did you do anything? So many things. You did? I don't even know where to begin, Danielle. <laughs> Is that you stalling for time because you don't remember what you did? No, I actually remember. I did do some fun things. Listen to this. Okay. <laughs> Listening. I went ice skating. Wow. Okay. I went roller skating. Whoa. I went on a three-mile hike. Nice. It was supposed to be two and a half miles, but we got lost. <gasps> did you remain calm? I did. Good. I did. We all remained calm. We saw a family of coyotes. Whoa. Yeah. That was that was great. We, was this, you went with your family? Yes. And nobody freaked out or had a meltdown. That's amazing. That was great. I was really happy about that. Except at one point, Sally got... A little too, she didn't remain calm. We were going down this steep, uh, you know, mountainside. And Sven kind of had to carry her like a purse. <laughs> you know, he had to like. She's hold, a gigantic dog. She's like 50 pounds. And it was so steep that he, we were kind of walking sideways so we wouldn't uh-huh. slide and fall. And so, you know, she'll pull you. You know, yes. she gets very, she's, even though she's 11, she thinks she's a puppy and she's very pulley on a, on a leash. So he had to hold her by her harness, by her, with her front legs kind of hanging off very. the ground. <laughs> so she couldn't pull him down. Wow. She's so strong. I'm impressed with Sven's, uh, his, uh, strength. Well, 
He was like, like a lot. He was like, it's her or, or me. Yeah. Or my right. ankles. Good point. Just like falling sideways. And we know that if he did hurt his ankles, he wouldn't do anything about it. So <laughs> no, they would just they, they would just be sideways the, for the rest of his size, life. Get the size of grapefruits. Right. And then he'd be like, I took two Advil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing any. This is I fine. I some peroxide on it. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> That's exactly what would happen. Uh, so yeah, those were I did. Those were all the exciting. Oh, and we did like a culinary journey of oh Los Angeles. We ate all these kind of crazy. We went, went and had Cuban food. Okay. We went and had shabu shabu. I don't know what that is. Is that some sort of Japanese thing? I think it is Japanese. It's it's it may also be called hot pot, but that might also be totally different. Okay. Thing. And is it like a hot pocket? It's slightly different. Okay. Uh, they bring a big pot to your table. There's like a an oven. I always get oven and stove confused. Yeah. But the one that's a hot, you know, stove top. Stove top on your uh-huh. table. They bring a pot. Yeah. You can pick out your broth, and then they bring different items that you order, and you cook it all. Yeah. 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 And it's just all it's different more veggies. Do it yourself, sort of a yeah. economy. Yeah. They're like you <laughs> pack cook your it. own bags, cook your own food. Yes. At the restaurant. And um, where else do we go? Indian food. Okay. We're still going to go to a little Ethiopia, though. That's not. Oh, too it's far. near yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I have some. Uh, I like Ethiopian food a lot. I do too. I love that injera bread. So I was going to say, I don't really care for the spongy bread. That's my favorite. Have you ever had Ethiopian food? No. It's very vegetarian friendly. Yes. And it's real. It's the kind of stuff I like. Kind of just like wholesome, earthy kind of yes. like. Um, Lots not of beans, bland, but it's just earthy. I like it a spices. lot. Spices. Yeah. Lots of veggies. Yeah, I took their, I took Oliver there once when he was little. I had a Groupon. <laughs> <laughs> like we're exploring, we're exploring the culture of Los Angeles through Groupon. Via Groupon. Yeah. All well, right. Well, what about you? Okay, so we went to Palm Springs, and you were sweating. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In my defense. We had gone to Palm Springs once before in the winter, and it was very hot. It can be. So I just assumed it was going to be hot. And a couple of days before, I looked at the weather, and I was like, oh, yeah, dumb shit. It's going to be really cold. Well, we didn't know there was going to be storm right. apocalypse. Right. We're in the middle of, you know, Californians. We have a lot of L.A. <laughs> well, a lot of Californians listen to the podcast. Yeah. And and a lot of people who aren't in California also are dealing with rain. It's yeah, very yeah. rainy it was, and cold it, right. right now. So... I remember that they had a, um, they have a, the Palm Springs aerial tramway, which is a tram that takes a 10 minute tram that takes you up into the mountains and there's actual snow. Yeah, we've done that. And it's really cool. I did it once with Oliver when he was little and my friend Chantal and her Did you have a Groupon? (laughs) The Groupon was for the exact same amount that it costs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, So yes, I did look it up. So um, we went Mm -hmm. and it was so beautiful and but I was wearing <laughs> I was wearing boots because I thought, well, if it's snowy, I yeah. don't want to get my tennis shoes wet. But these boots I'm wearing, they don't have a lot of traction. So I like they're like fashion boots. Well, they're the ones I'm wearing right now. I guess so. I had snow boots and I didn't bring them. It was it's, it's stupid. Anyway, were they not made for walking. They were not made for walking. <laughs> you know what they're making for? They're made for slipping. Yes. So I I got air. Like a cartoon character, no. I slipped up in the air and land, crash landed on my hip. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. And my shoulder. Except and, you will need a new hip. Right. And then I did it again. <laughs> no. On my butt. Yeah. Oh. But it was really beautiful and really fun. But 
we had a couple of funny moments where uh, we went to, so we kept driving into Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. It, it, we weren't that far, but um, we were just far enough that you had to drive. So we drove and we would charge the car and we went to this, we kept passing this restaurant every day called Bill's Pizza. And it was really busy and we we're like, yeah. well, it must be really good, but we just kept going to other places. And then for New Year's Eve, we knew we were going out for dinner, so we just Oh, we'll just get a slice. That'll be perfect for lunch. We'll just get a slice. We'll go to Bill's Pizza. So we go to Bill's Pizza. It's a fucking nightmare. You see yourself, but then they don't know you're there. So (laughs) this feels like a grab bag. uh, Palm Spring dining experiences. I don't know. It just feels like that's often the case. Yeah. Yeah, actually, you're right. So it was sort of a grab bag of like, what weight are you going to get? And are they going to acknowledge that you just sat down? Yeah. I completely humiliated my son because... There was a guy sitting next to us. I think he was German or he was some European guy. And he had two sons who were constantly on their phones. And I felt really bad for him because he's trying to connect with his two asshole teenage sons. Yes. And they're on their phones. Yeah. Then one goes to charge his phone in the car and like never fucking comes back. <laughs> I swear to God. So he was never waited on. So I told the waiter, I go, I don't think that guy's been waited on yet. And Oliver was humiliated. But I, the guy didn't even know I said it. I was just like, I couldn't believe how sloppy mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. whole production was. So so it took forever. And, we, and we, there's a thing where you can order the slice that's on the menu, meaning that would take less time because it's already prepared. It's because they sell slices yes. at the counter. Yes. Like it would have been a lot shorter if we had just ordered slices at the counter and then found a seat. So we ordered exactly what was on the menu so we wouldn't. OK, so it's taking for fucking ever. So we tell our waiter, like, we haven't been served. So they he he comes and he brings an extra slice of cheese pizza because he um, tore one of the slices. So he goes, okay, well here's an extra piece, and we're like, okay. And then because it was late later, he gave us another slice of cheese pizza. You're like, we don't need all these slices. Stop we couldn't eat it. So, pizza. So then we're trying to offer them to the German guy, yeah. <laughs> who's never gotten, who's any never food. been, and he was like, no, we ordered. And I'm like, yeah, we know you ordered, but we thought you might want a free piece of pizza while you're waiting. Yeah. Anyway, then later we hear, um, <laughs> we hear in the background, like as we're getting ready to leave, all out of cheese slices. <laughs> we're like, oh, it's because we took them all. We had all the cheese slices. <laughs> okay, so this woman comes in with a group. Mm-hmm. A group. Yes. And they're in their like 60s, early 60s. And they seem hip enough and everything. This woman comes in. They all they sit right next to us. We're in the like half an hour process of leaving. <laughs> and she says to the waiter, um, do you have liquor? And he says, no, we have, you know, beer and wine. Okay. What do you have? So he names all the beer and all mm-hmm. the wine. She refuses to read the menu. I don't know why. So then she says, okay, I will have a cold Miller Lite and a cold glass. And he goes, okay. And then she goes, okay, now, what about for food? <laughs> <laughs> she's just not going to read the menu. That's hilarious. And she's in a whole party of people yes. who could have helped her. Yes. So the guy had to tell her everything they had on the menu. Gosh. Except for two slices, no, no slices of cheese. What the is took just them all. going through a day with her? I don't. It must be exhausting, <laughs> right? She can't do jack shit. It was hilarious, but we had a nice time. Yeah, it was nice. It was cold, but it was nice. You know, it's just nice to get away. Yeah, we stayed at somewhere called. This is my fault, but we stayed at a place called uh, Margaritaville. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's the thing. I wanted to stay in Palm Springs proper this time. 
and not on the outskirts. Okay. It wasn't as obnoxiously themed as it could have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were inspirational lyrics yes. on the walls. Jimmy Buffett owns the place? I guess. Okay. Because... Oh, I've heard of this place. You have? Okay. Yeah, he and does. And it looks nice. Yeah. Right? It's like, it looks nice. Yeah. But there were a lot of problems. But um, J- <laughs> at one point, Jimmy said... I, I'm imagining the crowd. Yeah. Well, we didn't really see that much of the crowd because it was cold. Yeah, nobody's out so, right. in the pool. Right. There was no ball for the ping pong table. Things like that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. there was there were literally no drawers in the rooms. No drawers to put your clothes away. Wow. Because I guess that's just the beach beach life. Live out of your bag. Wait, was it just a- empty holes in the dresser things? or just no, dressers. no dressers. Wow. No dressers. It was really strange. It was, yeah. So, um... Anyway, so yeah, as soon as we got there, the guy who was checking us in, I, uh, Jimmy was in the car and I went to go check us in. And I said, you know, we're here. Da, 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 and he goes, okay, well, hold on. Hold on. And he runs away. I, and he comes back and he's like, I got to find a clean room. Jeez. Now, check-in was at four. We were there at 530. Yeah. So I go, I, this is how I said it. I go, is there a problem? That's how I said it. Yeah. Well... I'm trying to find you a clean room. That's what I'm working on. Wow. So it's one of those moments where you're like, do I tell him he's being a total asshole? Do I just let this play out in the calmest way possible? So I just let it play out in the calmest way possible. But it was so fucking weird. I mean, it came at me like I had. Anyway, we complained at the end. And the guy we complained to was like, oh, I know who that is. So apparently (laughs) it wasn't just me. He was just a. He's wasting away in Margaritaville. In Margaritaville, that's right. Maybe that he was looking for a clean room and his lost shaker of salt. Yeah. Both of those things. And it things. was too many things. Too many things on his checklist. Well, you know what? Don't go back to Margaritaville, maybe. That, yeah. No, it was. <laughs> I'm sure it would be nice if. And then Jim, when Jimmy checked out, he was like, and what about the drawers? And the guy was like, I know. We keep telling them. <laughs> room without drawers and the rooms weren't cramped it was yeah. a nice size room yeah plenty of room for drawers that's it was so fucking strange. weird no drawers in the bathroom no drawers in the room we had a suite for oliver to no drawers there was one drawer in that room but oliver doesn't put clothes away so was, he doesn't need drawers he doesn't need why drawers. would you need drawers when there's a perfectly good floor right are we ready to get into our topic today I would love to. Okay. We are going to learn how to survive a strike. Ooh. Labor strike. feel like I've experienced things like... Yes. ...adjacent to this. Unfortunately for those who lose out on work as a result of an, an impending strike, the usual rules for unemployment don't always apply. Oh, yeah. New York is the only state in the country that provides striking workers unemployment benefits. I had no yeah, idea. That doesn't seem fair. According to Scott Stratton, a certified financial planner and founder of the Good Life Wealth Management and Investment Advisory firm in Dallas. Here are some steps to take to get your finances in order before and during a strike. Because sometimes you know, you know, you guys arrange it, it's going to happen. It's this usually... Is- talked about it's usually talked about for quite a long time before it actually happens Yeah, because you're at the bargaining table keep in contact with your union some unions will provide members special benefits in the case of a strike in some cases unions will give strikers a little bit of money perhaps three hundred dollars a week to cover basic needs said leon lebrec chief executive of 
P. Nope. LJPR Financial Advisors in Troy, Michigan, and a certified financial planner who has worked with organized labor for more than 30 years. But union-based support doesn't have to be formalized either. Get a support group of others affected by the strike. Consider group dinners, lunches, picnics, and overall support. I don't want to spend that much time with those people. I mean, yeah, even if you're in the co- common cause, you're we, like, I'm good. Mm, we have to like work together, and I barely want to have lunch with them right like maybe once a week we can have lunch together at the same restaurant but like yeah but not i'm not on your own time no that's no thanks i'll just not strike (laughs) (laughs) you maybe you just don't want to eat that week yeah i can go without just sleep through it i could yeah i'd prefer sleeping make sure your credit is in order uh problems (laughs) (laughs) ding 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 during a strike or any financial emergency a loan can help strikers afloat while they go without income. But a bad credit score will make getting a loan, particularly one with lower interest, more difficult. You want to know if borrowing is in or out. Plus, a credit check can prevent the pitfalls that can come about from opening up too many credit lines. Sure, sure. Build up a war chest for emergencies. It may be too late for this strike, but create an emergency fund for the next one. The usual rule of thumb, I don't know who can do this, Set aside between three and six months worth of expenses. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This How all sounds... How people do that? No, I mean, the thing is, like, most people who I think are going to need to go on strike are not in financial situations right. to do this because they are already in a situation right. financially that's precarious. They're not... Yeah. Their credit might not be... They might not have credit. Right. It might not be good because they've had to borrow to stay afloat. Right. You're going to like this next sentence then. Ready? Great. I can't wait. But in highly competitive fields like film and television. Yeah. Put away a year's worth of expenses. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, this works if you are a uh, a writer on The Simpsons. And Modern Family or some something like that. But when you're like we were, which is like, I work for six months and then I'm unemployed for a year and a half, maybe. Or then I work for two weeks and then I'm off. And I mean, I, I think... If you have a spouse who also works full time, yes, maybe you could do half of this. You know, maybe you could you could it's still a good idea. Maybe you could do part of it if you are in a um, if you work for Starbucks, for instance. Yeah. And you're probably going to at some point strike. Yeah. Well, they don't have a union. So I guess some of them are unionized, but very few. Well, I think that, yeah, there's a lot of this is unrealistic. For yeah. many, many people who go on strike. Yeah. But like it's it's not that it's bad advice. I just right. don't know how realistic it is right. for a lot of people who are living on the margins of, you know. Oh, but this is interesting. This fund should take precedence over savings for a retirement, especially when you consider how little most Americans have in savings. You need the cash flow to support yourself, but also to market yourself. So in other words, if you do set aside money for retirement, yeah, make that pronto this is what you need right now yeah reevaluate your options for low interest loans reevaluating your credit card strategy is important in the lead up to a strike those who would be affected by a walkout like this should consider increasing the credit limits on their credit cards and a zero percent interest credit card how do you get a zero percent interest credit card well you have to have good credit yeah but how would the how does the credit card money company make any money off of you if it's a zero percent interest credit card? Well, it doesn't stay zero percent forever. Oh, it's just like an introductory thing. And it's then an it introductory changes? thing that changes oh, usually. Okay. But low interest credit cards can provide a much needed injection of liquidity during a financial crisis. If possible, 
So this, this I do think is good. If possible, consolidate any high interest credit card debt into the 0% interest pro, uh, products to avoid accruing too much interest at a yeah. time when it can be when it can't be paid off easily. Yes. So switch everything. These are yeah. things you can do. Yes. So you can do that even if you're not going to go on strike. Do not cancel your current credit cards. Just put them in a safe place. Closing credit cards will temporarily ding your credit rating. Yes. That's good advice for that's, all the time. Yes. Yes. Do not use your credit cards at all if possible. Paying by cash will help you monitor the cash that is reducing your net worth. I mean, I don't know about you. I've been to a lot of places lately that don't accept cash. Really? Yeah. I don't think I've had that experience. Oh, you haven't? I haven't. Yeah, it's, it's but I'm weird. Ne- you feel like you I, feel so old. I never have cash anyway. I don't either, but I the couple times I have and they don't, it's like, yeah, no, we don't. It just kind of blows my mind a little bit. Create a budget and make cuts early. Weeding out the priorities, rent, groceries, health insurance, etc., can help. It's important to go into preservation mode quickly in a situation like a walkout or layoff since future income is up in the air. The painful truth is that if you're going to have to make some cuts, you want to make them as soon as possible. Creating a budget is also a good time to explore alternative options, such as going on a spouse's health insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, strikes are considered qualifying events when outside the open enrollment time frame. So if you go on strike ah. and you're not supposed to enroll, it's an exception. You can, Got it. Yeah. So that's, that's a good idea. That's really good to know. Yeah. Determine what bills are due and when. For things like credit card bills and student loans, explore the repayment options. In some cases, the lack of income during a strike could qualify individuals for income-based repayment plans. Okay. So if you call up, you can Defer, perhaps negotiate. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Don't touch your retirement savings. Mm-mm. If you have money... In a retirement account, you're already doing something right, given that 80% of Americans don't know how much they'll need for retirement. Withdrawing funds directly from the retirement account isn't a great decision, though. Besides putting their future financial uh, state in jeopardy, people who pull funds from their 401k or RA before they hit the right age will incur a 10% penalty and face taxes on these distributions. You don't want to do that. I did that. You did you? Yeah, well, in my early 20s, like when I first to. moved out here in my early 20s, not my early 20s, my late 20s, and I had this 401k money from a job back in Ohio, uh-huh. and I didn't have any money, and I was like, well, I have this money, yeah, and I need to live, but like, I, I, and I couldn't find a job, and it was kind of like, I, I got to pay rent, net. and yeah. it was a safety net, but now I'm like, oh, God, I wish I still had that retirement money. In the Yeah, but what are you going to do? No, I mean, you can't, I mean, you can't beat yourself up, but it's no. still just like... Right. Guys, I live in regret. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year. Taking money out of a Roth IRA is a potentially better option since no penalties or taxes are incurred if an individual only draws on what they put into the account. Mm. Though they will incur these losses if they withdraw funds that were accrued through interest. But doing this comes with opportunity costs, including losing out on the compounded interest the money would otherwise be generating. A 401k loan is yet another option, um, but it's rated a third level choice. Why? You do not have to pay the interest when you pay yourself back, which you do. Sorry. Why? You do have to pay the interest when you pay yourself back, Mm. which I don't like. No, I don't like it either. If you think you will be late on your rent, tell your landlord and make arrangements. Maybe you can pay a partial payment this month and the balance when the strike is over. If you have a mortgage payment that is going to be late, call your bank immediately. Don't wait for late notices and foreclosure notices. 
uh, they will work with you. It is very costly for them to initiate foreclosure procedures. If you have a mortgage that allows you an option to pay interest only, mm. then you may want to do that until the strike is over. Wait as, as, wait as long as you can to pay your bills without being late. For example, most auto insurance premiums can be broken into multiple payments. If you have a personal service corporation, what is a personal service corporation? Something someone who's going to go on strike probably doesn't have access to. No, it sounds like <laughs> a, a jerk off company, a personal service corporation. Yeah, that doesn't. That's like a FBI, like, you know, female body inspector hat, FBI, <laughs> personal service inspection. I think that's exactly what it is. If you have a personal service corporation. This sounds like something that only Elon Musk has. That is scheduled to pay a bonus to you by the end of the year. I guess it just means your own. Maybe you know, your own. You've, you're, you're incorporated. Yeah. Employed. Yeah. Right. Um, you're incorporated. Consult your business manager. Your business manager. How are you going on strike <laughs> if you're in business with yourself? Without reducing your whole. whole I need thing. better working conditions. Well, actors and writers might be incorporated. That's true. And they go on strike. That's I don't know. True. I don't know. It will increase your net paycheck instead of overpaying taxes to the IRS. Also, make sure you are reimbursed by the corporation for all business expenses that you incurred personally. If your spouse works, consult your tax professional about reducing his or her tax withholding. You know how you can change it and get more money for yes. a pay paycheck. You can usually switch that anytime you want, I think. I think. I don't know why. you. I don't think you'd have to talk to your tax professional. I think you can just talk to HR at your company and say you want to change your withholdings. Assuming your company has HR and you're... Well, you know, yeah. or not HR, then whoever. I mean, yeah. whoever deals with accounting in yes. your company. I'm pretty sure that's a thing that you can just change. I know I've done that. Yes. Now. Okay. You sourcing, you sourcing, you sourcing effectively the resources. <laughs> Using resources effectively. If there's enough advance, I hope those two little shits thank their dad for taking them to Palm Springs. I'm just thinking no. about those little they, assholes. No, they probably complained the whole time. I thought about, I don't want to go to Palm Springs. Why yeah. are we going to Palm Springs? Okay. That's boring. Do they, do they have the service out there? Do they have Wi-Fi? Why didn't even we get a pool? Thought I we were forgot place something the else that I totally forgot about when we were hiking yes. in the slippy, slippy slips. Yes. We saw this couple mm -hmm. from Ireland and there was this beautiful place you could take a picture. So... We asked, or someone else took our picture, and then we said we would take their picture, this, mm -hmm. this couple. And of course, I'm such, I'm such a hick. Like, as soon as I hear the Irish accent, I'm like, um, just thought I should name every... I didn't, I didn't, but I was like, Sharon Horgan? Like, I just felt like I should say everyone... <laughs> I know somebody from Ireland. Yeah, I, mean, so I saw them on TV. Stupid. But anyway, um, then we caught up with them again, and we were just kind of right behind them behind a rock yeah. and I saw her hugging him and smiling and I was like holy shit he just proposed so we oh. gotta like hightail it out of here because we didn't want to ruin their mo moment yeah so I thought you were gonna say he's gonna kill her or that <laughs> well Jimmy was making that joke about okay remember we're at notch three so if this couple goes missing <laughs> that's we my can tell immediate them. thought <laughs> you're like he's proposed totally. and I'm like he's gonna kill her he's gonna kill her so then we ran a into them later and yes. I said are congratulations in order and he was like how did you know that and I said well we saw you we saw we didn't see the proposal but we saw her hug you and, yeah. and her expression and so we assumed so it was very cute and we you know it was nice we got to be that's there for nice that. that you got to see someone else's extraordinary it was, moment it was really cute 
But um, I, I also was like, I don't want to ruin this. It's ugly Americans ruining their... You wouldn't have... You would have made it Sharon Horgan! <laughs> <laughs> and then I was just trying to think of all these people on Taskmaster, because the, there's always Irish people. Do you like bad sisters? <laughs> I know, Is that I, reflective of what, where you're from? It's honest to God what I was... I, I watched it. Uh, okay. I went back. Okay. And I'm glad I did. I thought it was great. It's really good, right? I loved it. Yeah. I ha- How, I ha- yes. However. Yes. Can I just say. Yeah. The entire storyline with the brothers, you know, the the the, the insurance guy and yes. his brother. I was like, I don't need this. Oh, yeah. Like, it wasn't I, as interesting when it, just, it was about them. It That's just, true. I get, I get that they need it to have a reason to tell the right. story as a device. They definitely did. Yeah, you gotta have a device. But as yeah. a device, I was like, you didn't care about. I them. don't care, and I find him incredibly irritating. The white guy, or the, yes, the yeah. white guy. Like, and I, I, yeah, I well, he was. Um, he made me anxious. He was supposed to. I yes, think. yes, and I yes. get that. But I just was like, I just want to get back to the sisters. Yeah, they're so interesting. And it was like, very interesting. Every character is really fascinating, and they're all great actresses. And I, oh really, my gosh, they're. I loved every one of them. <laughs> they just made him worse and worse with every episode. You're like, I, how, how could this guy be worse? I just, and, and just like how yeah, they kept failing. Like, I know, it was so funny. It was really good. So I have a problem with the last episode, but I don't want to ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it. So I will talk to you off air about it. Okay, great. One, yeah. one problem, which is hard for me to get past, but I can't wait to hear what it is. Okay. Using resources effectively. If there's enough Advanced warning, consider taking care of major medical needs while your health insurance is in force. I thought that was really smart. Yeah, that is a good idea. Take stock of friends, family members, community services, and family members, and other resources that could help in an emergency. Colin Farrell? (laughs) Um, Talk to your financial planner to understand uh, which of your financial assets should be liquidated first if it becomes necessary to sell. Isherin? What was that movie? Banshees of Banshees, Banshees of Isherin. Did you Were they Irish? That? Yes. Yes, I did. Was it good? It's really good and extremely depressing. Um, like just just no going in. I don't need that right now. But really good. Like okay. you're like, oh right, Colin Farrell is a very good actor. He is. He's not just nice on the eyes. Oh, he's so nice. Um, it's really good. I think I'm gonna watch Tar first. I really like Tar also. Yeah. I really like Tar. Oh, I saw uh, Glass Onion. Okay. We watched it with the kids. Oh, do they like it? Yeah. You know, because yeah. they don't see a lot of, like, movies for adults. Yes. So they thought they were cool. They were like, oh, we're watching a movie, Aww. you know. Uh, I was yeah not impressed. It's not nearly as good as Knives Out. Agree. It was sort of, it's fine. It's it, fine. I was kind of bored. Yeah, a little I bit. was too. Um, I was like, this feels, first of all, I don't believe any of these people would actually be friends for a second. Even with the, you mean to begin with, because they're friends to begin with. I see what you're saying. I just didn't buy it. Like, I just didn't buy any of them as friends. I felt like there was no, like, everybody's unlikable. Yeah. To a a degree where I'm like, I don't want to spend time with any of these people. Right. Uh, There's no sort of. To me, there just wasn't a lot of fun in that movie. It just felt very f- fake and... Yeah. They tried for fun. They did, They tried. I did not feel it. Did you it. see it? I did. And? I liked it. You liked it? Yeah. Did you think it was as good as Knives Out, though? I think... It, um, Knives Out, I think it was probably... 
better, but this one was sillier. It was more like Clue. Like I've heard people oh, comparing it to Clue. God, Clue is so bad, Karen. We can't have this discussion again. It's uh, we haven't had it again. You have it on. You you talk about it on Never Not Funny, and I scream at you my, through my earphones. What striking workers often overlook is the opportunity a strike provides to explore neglected interests and life goals. In the event of a strike, use time away from your job productively. Invest your time in home improvement and self-study. Or turn your favorite hobby into an alternative source of income. Now, that's a good idea. Yeah. For people who are skilled at things. Yeah. If you can make soap or candles, do it. Maybe knit some scarves and sell them on Etsy. Yes. Plan your use of discretionary time as carefully as you would plan your use of discretionary income. You might find that a strike is not a disaster, but a great opportunity to reconnect with your family and other meaningful aspects of your personal life. Yeah, look how good, like, COVID worked out for everyone. (laughs) We all used that time so well. But if you're on strike, aren't you usually on the picket line? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe not eight hours a day, but some people are. Yeah. The object should be to emerge on the other side of the strike stronger, more stable, and happier than before. Okay. Do you want a story of the strike that shook America? That's the only story I want, Danielle. Okay. The power looms that thundered inside the cotton weaving room of the Everett Mill in Lawrence, Massachusetts, suddenly fell silent on January 11th, 1912. Ooh, that was the year the Titanic sunk. Was it? I think. I thought it was 14, but I I don't know. I just went to the exhibit. You'd think (laughs) I'd remember. I could be wrong. I could totally be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Do they have good food there? No. No? Bad food on the Titanic? There was uh, no food at the exhibit. When a mill official demanded to know why workers, this is like sepia times. People lived in sepia oh, yeah, yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. When a mill official demanded to, that was part of what they were striking for was color. Yeah. They wanted, well, they got it. They got Look it. Look at us now. When a mill official demanded to know why workers were standing motionless next to their machines, mm-hmm. the explanation was simple not enough pay. Oh, that's a good explanation. The workers who had opened their pay envelopes that afternoon mm-hmm. discovered their weekly wages had been reduced by 32 cents. Of course, in 1912, that's a lot. Yeah, to zero, probably. Yeah. A newly enacted Massachusetts... <laughs> good one. <laughs> zero, probably. A new- <laughs> Sick burn. Chris. I know how to get those zingers in. A newly enacted Massachusetts law had reduced the work week of women and children from 56 to 54 hours. Yay! Oh, boy. (laughs) But mill owners, unlike in the past, cut workers' wages proportionately. Jeez. For workers who only averaged $8.76 per week, $8.76 per week, every penny was precious, and 32 cents made the difference between eating a meal or going hungry. Jeez Louise. Did you say women and children? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. The, the work week of women and children was reduced from 56 to 54 hours. Like, wow. How are that? Okay. <laughs> Word of the strike by the women of the Everett Mill swept. So this is w- women working there. Word of the strike by the women of the Everett Mill swept through Lawrence's squalid tenements that night. And the following morning, the walkout cascaded through neighboring mills. Even above the loom's deafening din, the shouts of strikers could be heard. Short pay, all out, all out. 
In spite of Arctic temperatures, bad blood boiled over. Knife-wielding strikers overwhelmed security gates and slashed machine belts, threads, nice. and cloth. I they know. are not messing around. Not at all. This is day one. Wow. <laughs> like, you don't want day two. There's no even like sit-in. It's just like... Oh my like, God, I love these women. I know. It's pretty impressive. They tore bobbins and shuttles off machines. Through the falling snow, rioting workers shattered windows with bricks and ice and police beat them back with billy clubs by the end of january 12th so this is one day later more than ten thousand workers were out on strike good for them their numbers swelled the following week thousands of strikers their numb feet crunching on the snow chanted and sang protest songs as they paraded through the streets Lines of state militiamen protected the massive brick bills, brick mills with the spears of their bayonets pointed squarely at the picket line of strikers who protested outside. But on the side, they came up with ways to make extra income, like <laughs> prostituting themselves. And, Probably. They um, had to. Yeah. Women didn't shy away from the protests. They delivered fiery rally speeches and marched in picket lines and parades. The banners they carry demanding both living wages and dignity, we want bread and roses too, gave the work stoppage its name, the bread and roses strike. Oh, wow. Lawrence, known as Immigrant City, was a true American melting pot with residents from 51 nations wedged into seven square miles. Although strikers lacked a common culture and language... They remained united in a common cause. The social networks of the day, soup kitchens, ethnic organizations, community halls, stitched the patchwork of strikers together. See, when you talk about America and proud of being an American and what's great with it, this to me is what is great about our country. This is, this is what makes me feel patriotic. Is yes. People coming together and fighting for themselves and fighting for each other. This is the stuff that gets me, uh, my colors don't bleed. I don't know. Um, <laughs> She's proud to be <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> and what, <laughs> and what, oh, what I was going to say about the hotel is at one point, Jimmy said, doesn't it seem like all the music should be, um, should be, uh, was this Jimmy fun? Buffett? Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. And we were like, would you prefer that? <laughs> yeah, that's a that punishment. That like a nightmare. Um, once the news of the walkout went viral in newspapers around the country, American laborers took up collections for the strikers and local farmers arrived with food donations. I love that. Mill owners and city le leaders hired men to foment trouble and even planned, planted dynamite in an attempt to discredit strikers. This still goes on, you know, like making it look like the bad, like the people on strike are causing the havoc, which they were. I mean, they were throwing yes. rocks and stuff at the windows, but... Lawrence's simmering cauldron finally bubbled over on January 29th when a mob of strikers attached, oh, sorry, when a mob of strikers attacked a streetcar carrying workers who didn't honor the picket line, scabs, we call them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That afternoon, as police battle, battled strikers, an errant gunshot struck and killed Anna Lopizo. The following day, 18-year-old John Ramey died after being stabbed in the shoulder by a soldier's bayonet. Wow. With the city on a hair trigger, striking families sent 119 of their children out of harm's way to Manhattan on February 10th to live with relatives, or in some cases, complete strangers, who could provide food and safe shelter. A cheering crowd of 5,000 greeted the children at Grand Central Terminal, and after a second train load arrived from Lawrence the following week, the children paraded down, the fifth, down fifth Avenue. The children's exodus proved to be a 
publicity coup for the strikers, and Lawrence authorities intended to halt it. So there's some really cool pictures, uh, yeah. old pictures of these little kids. Oh wow! Yeah, we'll put in them New in York. The, we'll put them in the newsletter. When families, um, when families brought another 46 children bound for Philadelphia to the city's train station on February 24th, the sh- city marshal ordered them to disperse. When defiant mothers still tried to get their children aboard the train and resisted the authorities, police dragged them by the hair, beat them with clubs, and arrested them as their horrified children looked on in tears. The national reaction was visceral and marked a turning point in the Bread and Roses strike. President Taft asked his attorney general to investigate, and Congress began a hearing on the strike on March 2nd. Striking workers, including children who dropped out of school at age 14 or younger to work in the factories, described the brutal working conditions and poor pay inside the Lawrence Mills. A third of mill workers whose life expectancy was less than 40 years died within a decade of taking their jobs. If death didn't come slowly through respiratory infections such as pneumonia or tuberculosis from inhaling dust and lint, it could come swiftly in workplace accidents that took lives and limbs. 14-year-old Carmela Tioli shocked lawmakers by recounting how a mill machine had torn off her scalp and left her hospitalized for several months. Wow. After the children's testimony, public tide turned in favor of the strikers for good. The mill owners were ready for a deal and agreed to many of the workers' demands. The two sides agreed to a 15% wage hike, which sounds like a lot, actually, a bump in overtime compensation, and a promise not to retaliate against strikers. On March 14th, the nine-week strike ended as 15,000 workers gathered on Lawrence Common and shouted their agreement to accept the offer. Only five sounded their dissent. The Bread and Roses strike was not just a victory for Lawrence workers. By the end of March, 275,000 New England textile workers received similar raises and other industries followed suit. A century later, the echoes of the strike still reverberate in Lawrence. The city is hosting special centennial commemorations, including its annual Labor Day Festival. And Lawrence-based Small Planet Communications has developed a special curriculum for high school history students. I just think that's the coolest thing. That's a great story. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the horrible conditions of the Industrial Revolution in our country kind of provided the 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 seed work for our um a nation of you know unions and and, yeah and and, uh organized labor yeah so it's pretty exciting it is yeah it's really interesting i mean it sounds like it still took a little while before they were like hey maybe kids not (laughs) maybe zero hours a week maybe zero hours not working in factories at all where their scalps can be um um, removed i'm glad they we got there eventually yeah sounds like for the most part it's bananas yeah but you know I'm really glad we uh, live in a country where striking is allowed. Yes. And we support our uh, friends who strike. And it still is, you know, there's still a lot of bullshit that goes around about, you know, like um, punishment and firing for, which is illegal. Yes. But still happens. Absolutely. You, you know, about even just discussing trying to form a union. Yeah. It, you know, Amazon gets, is a perfect example. Absolutely. Starbucks. Starbucks. Yep. Yeah. And I think even at um, Elon Musk's factories, right? Tesla. Tesla. Yes. Yeah. There's yes. been a yes. lot of yeah. a lot of back and Absolutely. Okay. We will be right back. Can't wait. After this. Welcome back to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. Danielle. Christine. 
Are you very excited? I'm very excited for our guest today. On the first uh, half of the show today, we talked about how to survive being out of a job. And now we're going to talk about how to survive being out of control Yes. With Andy Richter. Hi. Hi, You know Andy. him from Conan. He's a fabulous uh, improv comedian. Um, you just know him from a million so things. So many things. And uh, we're excited to have you, Olsen Andy. Twins movie. That's always. Oh. Is that true? Uh, yeah. New York Minute. The Olsen oh. Twins uh, studio feature film debut and uh Final film. How old were they at this point? I think they were like eighteen or seventeen okay, or so something. So what the problem was is that they got a studio film right when their audience like was ready to move on from. Yes. Them, you know? oh, okay. okay. They because they had all everything they'd done before was all kind of self produced and you know home video sales and was gigantic. Yes. Um, and then this just kind of. I don't know Fizzled. anything about this movie, but this is what I'm going to guess. Yes. Their parents die, leaving them a fortune, and you are the you're their lawyer. No. <laughs> no. Okay. No. It's much. Oh, it's it's actually it's actually one of the things that could possibly get me canceled. <laughs> uh, the because, movie itself. Yeah, yeah. Because they play. <laughs> I mean, I don't even remember what the deal is with them. I think. Oh, I think like. Uh, Mary Kate, who I think is kind of the wild one, <laughs> and then Ashley, who's like the buttoned up one, which they, I mean, I think they are kind of like that. Okay. Like one of them is more sort of. They both just look like dirty hippie One girls. of them's like Fiona Appleish and sort of yes. dark energy, yes. like eyeliner. Yes. Is yeah. that the one that's with like the much older yeah, French Yeah, that's the French one that's married to the yeah. old guy. Yeah. And I think that's Mary Kate. I And then Ashley was just kind of more. Like, you know, I think a better student and kind okay. of more just shyer and everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, they both were fantastic. They both were really oh, okay. nice people. Good. And, and, and amazing because they were, I think they were 17 at the time, and they were not at all 17. They would go between being like 50 <laughs> mm -hmm. and nine. Right. You know? Right. I mean, because they would like between, because they, they had like people working with them who were like their, I mean, they weren't their family, but they were like, they obviously uh -huh. were, you know, there was like a lot of crossover between personal and business right, relationship. And they would just, on set, like in between things, just, they would just lie in a pile with these women that worked for them, <laughs> slash supported, slash loved and cared for them. Oh, you Jesus know? Christ. And, so uh, weird. and they, but so then when it came, but, giant coats, but just then, covering them. yes, yes. But then the work, when it work was around, they were like cigar chomping showbiz <laughs> pros. Like, just like always knew their shit, never made you wait, never right. anything, like told pros. Fun and polite and nice okay. and friendly, you know. So yeah, I got you know no but thing what with might, them. What might get you canceled? What, what might get me canceled is that the whole story—it's like a madcap romp through supposedly New York, actually Toronto. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, I think one of them like sneaks away from town to go to a concert, like one of those like Three Eleven, one of those like <laughs> snotty, <laughs> snotty punk pop bands. Uh, I think so it was. I think it was a Three Eleven concert. Is that oh. that? That is a band, that, right? Yes, yes, I think yes. so. And, um, and the other one follows her, like, uh, you know, so, 
and they get into all kinds of hijinks and stuff. And at some point, they switch bags, and the bag has like, uh, I don't even remember. Oh, it's like a disc that has uh, tons of pirated DVDs on it. Okay. And I play the adopted son of the head of the Chinese mafia in New York City. <laughs> so I was raised speaking Mandarin. No, no, oh, no. And so I speak English at, with, and I was oh, instructed to and encouraged to, like a Charlie Chan no. accent. No. Throughout the entire movie, oh. I speak with the most offensive oh Asian accent. And, and you know, and Breakfast it was also it's kind of, it's stunning to me that I didn't say, this is a terrible idea. This is a, this is a, uh, insulting and bad because but it, it was just, it was like, at that time, like I knew like if I was to say, adopt an African-American patois, right. that would be offensive. Yes. Like you knew that. But to right. say, yeah, but to do like a Charlie Chan uh, Asian <laughs> voice, I thought, well, come on, that's comedy. Yeah. You know? So you didn't get um, a dialect coach. No, no, no. You no. just, did, you just, just watched did, Breakfast at Tiffany's. I just did, And you're yes, like, I'll do exactly, what he did. Exactly, exactly. I just did that. I mean, it wasn't, I, 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 was, I, I mean, I still tried to do it. I, I didn't do it like like you said breakfast Tiffany's. I, I was I'm better than Mickey. Okay, Rooney, you didn't Christ you sake. didn't have buck teeth. No, I didn't have buck teeth. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's you know it's like a why you put that why you put that disc you know that kind of oh thing. Oh my god, I, I can't you know, wait to yeah. see this. So yeah, I'm uh, dying. And and like I say, I look I look back on it and I'm like my only defense is like. It's the way it was written, and they yeah. told me to, and we still kind of didn't know that yet. I mean, it's like, you I know, mean, they the hired Hank Azaria to play a poo, and it took right. them however, 30 years yes. to go like, hey, this isn't right. Right, you know? yeah, yeah. Right. So, I mean, I guess the context, it makes sense. Precisely, I mean, yeah. but it's not I mean, it's, it's, not, not, for, it's really. not for humor, so it doesn't... Not right, really, but also, because the, the, the <laughs> born son of the head of the Chinese New York Mafia wouldn't speak with an yes, accent. he would be educated. He'd have, in yeah, he'd have right. like a Lower East Side accent, you know? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I'm yeah. renting that movie ASAP. Okay, but... It's not really... I mean, fast forward just to my scene. <laughs> I will. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was the point of my whole yeah, yeah. But the reason you're here today is yes. to talk about a time that... You were not in control. You lost control. What is the story? This is, um, it was when I was in Chicago, and it was kind of, there was, you know, I um, I went I, I went to, my last two years in, in, in college were in Chicago at Columbia College. Okay. Uh, studying film. And then I worked in film production for a while. And then, it, so it's kind of this overlap from getting out of college into film production into improv. Okay. So my... My, you know, like my circle of friends was, I mean, I was working film production at the time because uh, there was a party that a friend of mine invited to, a guy that I worked with in film production, uh, invite, he was a, we're both production assistants, and he, in, he said, hey, my friend's throwing this party, he lives in this loft, and, um, you know, and I'm going to be there, and so I went to this party, and I went with about and it was the kind of party, bring as many people as you want. Oh, okay. Kind of party. Because I think they maybe they charge at the door or something. Oh. And it's in this loft space, mm -hmm. and it's like artsy guys. It's like, yeah, uh, you know, wait, like, every, every time I hear loft, yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, shit. It yeah. was like, and I mean, and, and it wasn't, it also, too, like, li arty guys living in a loft wasn't a cliche at that point. Oh, okay. It was still, you know, we're talking probably, 
1989. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were ahead yeah. of the curve. Yeah, so it was kind of like, it was this old industrial space that these guys had just kind of put up drywall partitions, and they, I don't know how many of them lived there, but the, I think they were Art Institute of Chicago uh, oh, okay. students. And uh, I went with uh, my best friend and roommate at the time, uh, uh, Tommy Blatcha, who is a... Who is a, a, a one of the funniest people I've ever known in my life. He's he he was a Conan writer. Oh, um, he was uh, for people who are old Conan fans. The gaseous wiener uh, <laughs> was that he would come out in a hot dog suit and fart. Uh, it was the kind of level we were working at back then. Sure. Was this um, in New York? The this New York is show? in New York. This okay. is yeah. And he, I started there, and he came on a couple years. No, maybe within a year. Wow, after that's I really started. cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I can't say like I got him the job, but I got him the introduction to yeah. the job because nobody there got hired just because somebody said so. Right. You had to you have, have a the good packet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Oh I um, know. I've tried <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tried wielding my influence yeah. and it's done nothing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he uh and he and he was a very he's a he's just a brilliantly funny guy. But so Tommy at the time was just my funny roommate mm. and friend. We had met in film school. Okay. And uh, and Tommy also was like Tom, like I'm a good boy and Tommy's a bad boy. Oh, okay. And so we we're at this party and had really a night a really great time. Both of us really drunk. And at one point, I went into their bathroom, which was. I mean, whatever this place was, whatever light manufacturing yeah. Yeah. place this was, it had a workplace bathroom. Yeah. Oh, okay. It so was stalls. Like, yeah, like three or okay. four stalls, three like three sinks, two or three urinals, okay. fluorescent lighting. And I went into one of the stalls and started peeing. And there was a shelf, like kind of like, it wasn't, it, it was like a, a false wall or something. So mm -hmm. up above where all the toilets were, there were all these, there was a sh kind of a shelf and there were all these like art books, like big, oh, like art okay. design okay. books, because okay. these guys are all artists. And so I'm in the stall peeing, and Tommy came in short, like, you know, seconds after me, and I'm still peeing, and all of a sudden he starts going like, you want something to read? And starts tossing <laughs> books oh. in. Like big, they're big, like coffee yes. table, right. expensive art right. books. And it's and like one's in the toilet and one's oh, on the no. floor. And they're like hitting me in the head and I'm, and I'm <laughs> peeing all over them. And, and then like, and, you know, and I'm just like, I'm giggling, like incapacitated, going stop, 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 stop. And he takes... And and then he takes the toilet tank lid <gasps> and puts and drops that in. Like Jesus. he didn't throw oh my that God, in, Tommy. but he dropped it in. And I don't know it. One of them broke. Either it hit the toilet tank that I was <sighs> using or whatever, and a toilet tank broke. And there's, I mean, and it was a mess. And and it, it was like and all these art books on the floor, some in the toilet, and peed on. And okay, just, I'm just gonna pause it here yes. because, I, you know, look, I know you're not supposed to blame the victim and all that stuff, but. You don't put expensive art books in your loft bathroom <laughs> and invite a bunch of people over who you know are going to be drunk. Yeah. Lock those in your bedroom. Right, yeah. I know. These I are know. arty boys, though. <sighs> These are arty boys, and we were all very young. So you, yes. that's the sort of thing that's that That's what you, I'm saying. You I think the next that. party, they probably put away right. their Right, and you know books. who paid for those arty books is their parents. Right, exactly. Well, that's true. So okay. they're like, no, yeah, these yeah. don't mean anything. Right, right, yeah. right. Well, I mean, no, they. if it's like, because... Well, 
continuing with the story. Okay. <laughs> All right, so he's we dropping then, yeah, toilet we, lids. And- we, uh, we leave, and I mean, we were drunk enough that it was like, it was, and it was late, and it was like, it was right, it was kind of like that was going to be the pee before hitting the road. <laughs> oh. so, the pee before the storm. Yeah, yeah, so I come out of the bathroom, and I think someone else had been in there while this was all happening. And I feel like we had a third friend that was kind of laughing uh-huh. and goading us on. Uh, oh, so you were throwing books too? No, no. I okay. was just, no. I, I, I mean, and I, and that doesn't, I'm not saying like, you know, I'm blameless. Because uh-huh. I could have, you know, I could have. You were just laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and you know, like I say, I was imp- incapacitated with <laughs> right. giggling. Right, right. Because it was just so stupid. And, you know, and also, like, there's just something about young men at that age that is so destructive. Mm-hmm. And just, and I mean, we had a party once that involved... D-R-U-G-S. Uh-huh. Uh, and, um, and, we, and it was just as drunken, stoned, and I think, I don't know what it was. Like, it wasn't cocaine, but it was like some sort of hallucinogenic. And we had a party, and we trashed our own apartment. <laughs> like, we were like, you know, like I was in, I was in my briefs throwing our chairs around the room, you know. Still within control of, like, not breaking windows. Okay. Like, knowing, like, I'm going to throw it away from the window. Right. But still trashed our own apartment right. and then went to bed and, like, woke up the next morning like, oh, my, what the, what is wrong with us? <laughs> Just like, you know, it looked like a movie, like an right. apartment had been tossed by the FBI. And, uh. Uh, so uh, there's just just this dumb destructiveness at that age anyway that you just kind of have to age out of, you know, yeah. I think. Um, and so I get out of the bathroom and I think someone has gone and told on us oh. because I get out of the bathroom and one of the and the guy that was like the best friend of the person, my contact of the party yeah. who didn't show. I think oh. he was sick or something um, comes up to me. He's like, hey, man. What, you guys fucked up our bathroom. And I was like, it wasn't me. <laughs> he said, he said, oh, but my friend told me, he goes like, look at this. It's my, and he kind of like went in and looked and he was like, what the fuck, man? He's like, what would you do? And I said, I, I was like, I, I don't have any excuse other than the fact that I didn't do it. <laughs> and Fair and enough. he said like, so who did? And I was like, I would prefer not to say. <laughs> and, and I look, and it's like kind of you know, it's a long walk, and I just see as I'm being as I'm being harassed, Tommy like stumblingly walking <laughs> out and down the stairs, right? You know, to his escape. Yes, and this guy, he's just really, you know, like really frustrated because mm-hmm. he's not going to hit me, right? And I'm he's not, an art student. Yes, right. and I mean, and they were, but they were mad. Like, and his roommates yeah. at this point, there's like three guys saying things to me and I'm not I mean I'm a large person so I and that has prevented me from getting into physical trouble a lot in my life but I am not a fighter I'm not like I don't you know Mm -hmm. I'm sure I could tape and tap into some sort of deep trauma related (laughs) rage if I was challenged but I just it's not my thing I've never found anything worth it hitting somebody you know um so i am not a fighter and i'm just completely like i'm really sorry i know what a mess it is but uh, and i because i wasn't gonna you know rat out tommy but i was like but all i can say is like i was just in the stall and all the stuff was raining in on me i didn't do it and they're like it's uncool dude you know like and i'm like i'm sorry and then just kind of like dude kind of just you know went out Uh uh-huh 
and got into <laughs> Look my over car, there. <laughs> which I could should not have been driving, obviously. Uh. Got into my pickup. I had a Toyota pickup truck. And I got into the truck, and I Tommy is nowhere to be seen. And I start, I so I and I'm like that effort, that fucker. He he totally like he yeah. ditched out on the the whole scene, uh-huh. and you know, and and this now you know trying to, and I start driving. It's you know like a little Chicago street. I start driving, and I just see Tommy pop up between two parked cars where he had been violently vomiting. <laughs> And he's so like, I pull up, and it was cold. It was he winter time. That. Hey, yeah. He gets in, and he's like, he's like, he's like, oh man, I was just puking like crazy back there. And I was like, we, I said, did you, do you know what happened? He's like, what, what happened? <laughs> I said, those guys caught me about that bathroom, uh-huh. and and he was like, oh. Oh no, I didn't know. He said, "Like I just knew I had to throw up. And I wanted to get out of there." <laughs> like, but he, he was present enough to know, like that bathroom is not the place to throw up right now. Um, it's a mess in yeah. there. I'd rather throw up on the street. So, and I felt I did feel bad. I felt yeah. like you know I felt really guilty. Yeah. And I think Tommy did a little bit, but not you know. But you know, like Tommy has done much worse in his life, you know, um, and. And, you know, in pursuit of a good time, not out of evil. Right, but, right, you know. right, right. Um, so I get home and, like, my phone rings because there's no cell phones at this point. Right. And it's my friend who is livid, who's livid. And who I think he had a baby at the time, like, who had been woken up at, like, whatever it was, 4 o'clock in the morning uh-huh. by his friend saying, this, your friend that you invited to the party trashed our bathroom and he's like, you got to make this right. And I was like, oh, okay. And we didn't have any money at right. the time. So, like, he gives me the guy's number. And I probably, I don't think I called him back the next day. But I did call him and say, how much do you want for the uh-huh. damages? Which Tommy was like, don't do that. What are you doing? <laughs> why, why would you do that? Just, you know, let it slide. They don't Jesus. know where I know, I know. But <laughs> Tommy. Um, I know Tommy, but... Uh, but um, I can't believe you pulled all your weight and got him that job on Conan. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, that, so I, I, but I don't think I ever sent the guys any money because I never had. How any would money. you, right? And about it had to be four or five months later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy and I, I was, I, I remember it was. It was we were you know we were getting pink versions of the of the comment comed bill the the electric oh, bill oh yeah we're getting the pink ones yeah, from not yeah, for non payment right. you know so we're days away from having our electricity shut off which is good in the winter in Chicago yeah yeah and I got so I got paid for a film job and I cashed the check and I had cash and I was going to go down to the, one of the con ed offices and and uh, pay for our yeah. electric bill the next day. And, you know, that was all planned. And Tommy gave me his half and I had, so I had, you know, it was like a couple of hundred bucks or something in my pocket. And when we were, we went to our neighborhood tavern. Like, we're just like, you know, let's go have a drink. And also, cause you know, well, I had money now. Yeah. Yes. Go have a drink. Right. And we show up and there's the, Three of the guys no. that are in that apartment, uh, and and I mean it's them and maybe two other people in the whole bar. Oh shit! They're so you sitting can't right hide. by the front door, and we're and we go in, and they're like, <laughs> "Well, hello." No. I was like, "Oh man!" And I was, and you know, and 
And they were actually really, they were like, hey, you never paid me back for this. And I don't remember what the amount was. It was right. You know, whatever it was. It didn't matter because you weren't yeah. going to pay them. Right, anyway. right. And I mean, and I couldn't afford to right. pay him anyway. And they were, <laughs> and they were like, but I had to pay him from yeah. my electricity Electric. money. Oh, gosh. You know, I gave him money. And... And they were and they were like, thanks, all right, no problem. And then they, I think they bought us a drink. Uh. It was very and and um, <laughs> and they said and we're like, we're you know and I just remember at one point saying like, uh, you know, Tommy and I were like, you know, look, we're sorry, but you know, sometimes you just fuck shit up because uh -huh. it's funny. Uh -huh. And they were like, oh yeah, we know. <gasps> they're like. They're like <laughs> Oh, yeah. They're like, I cannot say that I haven't done the same thing You're a number kidding. of times. Yeah, yeah. They were just like, we know what it's like to be a drunken idiot. Who, That's hysterical. Who, like, tosses shit around to make your friends laugh. So the art school students and the film school students yep. found common ground. We found common ground. And then ground. you were in the dark because and you didn't I, pay your electric bill. I, don't know. I think I borrowed, like, babysitting money from my sister to oh my God. pay for the electrical bill. But, um, yeah, but it all, ended, you know, it all worked out in the end. I mean, oh. I don't recommend trashing people's apartments for fun but uh, <laughs> and but, did those guys ever see you on TV and say hey you didn't actually pay us enough money no 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 uh, no that did, I don't not that I remember I think I think uh, Chris the guy that was he was a he went on to, I don't I don't I lost touch with him I think he moved down to North Carolina or something and mm -hmm. was uh, uh, worked in the camera camera department uh -huh. of, of film stuff because that was that was where he was going. Uh, he that was what he what he was working towards, um, and I think he moved in there. And I lost touch with him after a couple of years. But he, I think he was in touch after I got on TV. Just, oh yeah, there was a lot of like, hey, I bet that's you, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, the, the, day, <laughs> the, the day after the I mean, first show, the my, I'm sitting at my desk in Rockefeller Center, and the phone rings. I'm like, hello, and oh, I've just hit the microphone. Okay. Sorry. Um, and I, you know, the phone rings, and I, hello. And it's a guy from high school. Like, hey, man, uh, yeah, I was just watching TV. Is that you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me, you know. But, yeah, it was just this kid I that I went to high school with. Who, I mean, we were on the football team together and everything. And I, we got along fine, but I didn't really know him or anything. That's it was amazing. Just like, but it was like a, so that's you, huh? Yeah, that's me. Hey, how are you? Good, good. Work in construction. Oh, Okay. All right, well, then. Okay, uh, so how do you know? So he had a call. How did he even he, know how to figure out how to call? He called NBC, said, can you put, you know, just went through switchboards. That's amazing. It just, awesome. Yeah, it was like uh, the late night show, the Conan show. Okay, clickety-click. Late night with Conan O'Brien. Uh, Andy Richter, please. Clickety-click, you know. Wow. Go right through, That's yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. That's great. Oh, I love it. And then didn't say anything about the show. Just like, yep, saw it. One of those? Uh, I, yeah, no. Just, yeah, no, I don't think anybody. Well, I mean, and also I wouldn't want them. I wouldn't want critiques of the early shows. I, well. I think I, we were there about a year and some, and I went in once and uh, there were interns in the conference room having lunch and watching the first show. And it made my eyes hurt oh. how fucking bad it was. Oh. Just how awkward it was. Was it? It was it's terrible. It's terrible. Early on the show, like we just didn't know how to be on TV yet. And yeah. in the first show, we were just talking about like just endlessly. It seemed like just like shut up about it. Like, well, like can you believe it? <laughs> just too wide on TV. Eyed, guys. Oh. Oh, this is crazy. You know? Adorable. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh my god.
Well, we, I watched it. I was obsessed with the show. So oh, thank I thank you, you yeah. for sure. oh, years and years you, of entertainment. You. I thank loved you. it like from the first moment I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. You were um, my first celebrity sighting when I moved to L.A. Oh, really? I, I saw you at Whole Foods. Uh, you know, this was so many years ago. And Which I, Whole Foods? The one on 3rd in Fairfax. Yeah, yeah. And because that, that was my, I lived over in that neighborhood for 11 years and that was our Whole Foods for, yeah. I mean the worst parking lot in yes. America? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I didn't know yet because, yeah. you know, I was very new here. And I saw um, Andy and then I saw RuPaul. Oh. But like not, you know, just regular yes. RuPaul. Sure. But I was like, I'm in... Uh, <laughs> Whole Foods with Andy Richter, and I don't know what to do. Like, it was so exciting. Yeah, like, yeah, because, yeah. you know, when you first move here, you aren't used to seeing, right. you know, people that you've seen on TV in regular spaces, and it's very. Uh, Look at you shopping at Whole Foods your first day in town. Oh, I mean, I couldn't That's afford crazy. it. But yeah, I was I like, right, I still right. can't Whole afford Foods. It. Right. No, you know, no, Whole Foods is like, if you're going to. Waste money on something. Yeah, that's the place. Yeah, to do it. Andy, thank you so much for oh, coming you're in for thank telling you. us the fun. story. It was fun. Oh my god, it was amazing. I guess the moral is just you know, just get through your early yeah, 20s. Yeah, yeah, get through your tra- and or just be a little uh, wiser about your trashing of things. Like, don't make it so obvious. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Be a little more stealth, maybe. But you guys manned up in the end. I mean, you could have you could have run out of that. We did. Bar. We did. Well, I've always. You know, whenever I'm face to face with somebody, like I just I can't, I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's deal with it. You know, I don't know. I just it, I just yeah. I, it, it's not in me to go like I got to get out of here. Right, you know, yeah. it's just like oh, you saw me. Oh, hi. <laughs> you cut. You yeah. still did the right thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And you were Great hilarious. Story. Thank you. And we will be right back with what did we learn today, Christine. Yes, dear. Are you ready to learn? <laughs> Did you call me dear? I think so. No. I'm sorry. Let's scratch it. I'll never call you dear no, again. No, fine. Are you ready to learn what we learned today? Yes. Want to strike? Better have good credit. Oh, yeah. Well. Budget and put yourself in a preservation mode. I'm always in preservation mode. Happy couple on a trail? Are they freshly proposed or pre-murdered? You can never tell. Bad sister. Bad Sisters, isn't it? I think it's Bad Sisters. Bad Sisters is an Apple TV series that follows the Garvey sisters who are bound together by the death of their parents and promise to always protect each other. You should watch it. It's really good. Sharon Horgan! <laughs> oh, Sharon Horgan! I was wrong. You were right. The Titanic indeed sunk during sepia times, April 14th through 15th, mm-hmm. 1912. Yes. Jane, Ashley Olsen, and Roxy Ryan, Mary Kate Olsen, Jane and Roxy. Oh, no. Are teenage Long Island twins who find themselves on numerous misadventures when they trek into Manhattan on a school day. While the studious Jane intends to give an important speech in hopes of winning a scholarship, the more relaxed and carefree Roxy wants to track down her favorite New York City rock group. Oh, my God. It's so cheesy. Trailing behind them, however, is Max Lomax. Max Lomax? Eugene Levy. Their school's obsessive truant officer. I can't Boy, Shit's Creek really turned things around for that guy. What? <laughs> Sounds like a winner. It does sound like a winner. I think we're going to have to watch it. All right. Well, that's all for today. And Happy New Year. And as always, remain, remain calm. calm.